Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where a devout old shepherd lost his favorite Bible, where he was out looking for a wayward lamb. Three weeks later, a sheep walked up to him carrying the Bible in its mouth. The shepherd couldn't believe his eyes. He took the precious book out of the sheep's mouth, raised his eyes heavenward, and exclaimed, It's a miracle! Not really, said the sheep. Your name was in the front cover. <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout-out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our personal risen Lord and Savior, thanking him for his sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to his soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings you've given all of us. We ask that your Holy Spirit speak to us today and illuminate your word so that we will understand your will and intent for us in these latter days. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Round Town, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. The title of this podcast today is The Kingdom of God is Within You. Hey, Christy. How are you doing? I'm doing really well today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and as usual, it's a beautiful day in Roundtown. Mm-hmm. And the cats are behaving and the dogs are all quiet. That's right. Yeah, the cats are very precious. Yeah, and everybody treats everybody with loving kindness. So far, so good. (laughs) But it's early. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to talk about the kingdom of God is within you. And this is a very fundamental precept in the New Testament that we all need to lay hold of so that we can understand what God is really getting at in these latter days. In the New Testament, Jesus said... The kingdom of God is within the hearts of men. And this means that it's not an outward kingdom. It's not a building. It's not a location. It's not anything that is really physical. What it is, it is you having a personal relationship with him in your heart. And in addition, you having a personal relationship with other members of the body of Christ. That is where the kingdom of God is located today. And It's good to have this perspective because when we get our eyes on a physical kingdom, you know, taking a certain area for God or building Mm. a certain building for God or having a certain amount of money for God or anything like this, we err because that's not what God's doing right now. He really told us very few things to do. One of them was communion. Mm -hmm. The other one was to go forth and baptize, go and preach the gospel into the ends of the earth. You know, but none of them included building big churches, having Mm -hmm. parking lots that were very expensive to pave, having worldwide ministries that cost millions of dollars to keep up every month. He didn't say that. Why? Because he wasn't building an earthly kingdom yet. Now, the earthly kingdom will come in the new creation, the new heavens and new earth, the world to come. When New Jerusalem comes down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her bridegroom, and rests on earth. That is when the kingdom of God will literally, physically be established. But he didn't want to establish a literal kingdom on this earth because he slated it for destruction. Mm, good point. Everything's going to be burnt up. Second Peter says that. you know, Even the atoms are going to be destroyed. 
And so the kingdom that he wants to build physically is not now. Right now, it's a kingdom that exists within you. That's a really good perspective. I didn't think about the fact that he has planned that this entire world would be destroyed. So what good would it do to build up a kingdom here that's physical when it's going to be destroyed? I think a lot of times we understand the concept of the kingdom of God being within you because we have some sort of a head knowledge of the spirit living in us. But yet, even with that knowledge, we tend to look outside of ourselves to try to find God. When we want to find God, we go to a church, we go to a high mountain, we go to a quiet place, we go sit by a bubbling, babbling brook. (laughs) (laughs) And those things can sometimes create an atmosphere that it's easier to hear God and sense his presence, but where God is, is inside of you. So if you're in a crowded subway on your way to work in New York City, you can sense God because he is within you. You are in the presence of God because he's within you. If you are in some dry desert somewhere all alone and waiting for water to show up, you can sense God in you. If you are in a place where there's never a church available or you're in a crowded city where you can't get to the beauties of nature, you can sense God and be with him because he is within you. So often we look outside of ourselves. We reach out for God and ask him to come to us or draw us to him. But what we need to be looking at is within. Not within in the sense that a lot of teachers will tell you today that we all have God inside of us and we're all God. No, that's not true. That's not the concept. That's a twisting of the truth that when you receive Christ as your Savior, your soul and spirit become saved, then the Holy Spirit dwells in you. If you are a believer, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. God is within you. God is manifesting himself in you and through you. And that's a beautiful thing because... The kingdom of God grows by inhabiting more and more people, not by building bigger churches. It's not a matter of how big your church is. It's a matter of, are you listening to the Spirit of God that's in you, doing what he's asking you to do, and consequently affecting other people who then receive Jesus as their Savior and are filled with the Spirit, and then the kingdom of God multiplies that way throughout the earth. Well, you said it really right. It's not how many people are in a church is how many people have God in them. Exactly. And you were also correct to delineate the difference between New Age thought and Christian experience. New Age thinks that they're God. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no God with them. They don't know the God, and so whatever is in them is not of God. The thing is, with Christians, we can accept Jesus Christ, and we can ask for his Holy Spirit to indwell us. And when the Holy Spirit indwell us, then God takes residence in our heart, and we become a living temple of the Most High, built without hands. This is very, very important because a lot of people, because of their training in life, they get very focused on doing things, mm-hmm. building things, and it's all towards an earthly kingdom. This is not what God is doing now. He is not interested in how much real estate he owns. Mm-hmm. He's not interested in how much the building looks better than the next building. Now he will use what's there on the earth for his purposes. And if you're led to build a building specifically by God, by all means, build it. But just be careful not to get your eyes on the building to where you think that is doing something great for the kingdom of God, where you're neglecting having people being filled with the Holy Spirit and learning to hear God's voice. Right. And that's really what we need because you can one-on-one witness to another person and you can't track that, especially as the spirit moves. 
Right. They'll never know where you're going to go, what you're going to do, what you're going to say. And God will be ministering freely even during the most dire times. What it comes down to is what will you allow God to do in your heart today? Will you allow him to get you up and to go down to the park and witness to somebody that he considers important enough for you to walk a mile? Will you call up a friend that needs encouragement that you haven't talked to in 20 years? Will you read your Bible instead of go down and play video games? You know, the kingdom of God is basically your obedience to his voice. And when you are obedient to his voice, then his kingdom is manifest in this world because it's manifest in you. Our focus in these latter days needs to be in helping others come into that place with Jesus too where they have a personal relationship with him, where they hear his voice, where they do his will in a timely manner, so that his kingdom can be manifest through them too. You know, God, through Christ, reconciled the world unto himself. And Christ, through the twelve apostles, started the New Testament church. And the apostles, through all the other followers of Jesus that came to know his voice, affected the entire world. That is the kingdom of God. It's believers in Jesus Christ. And it's not doctrine. It's personal relationship. Doctrine has divided the church. Doctrine is divisive. Why? Because it's man-made. You don't need doctrine to know God. You need to know God to know God. Exactly. That's all there is to it. If you have a relationship with your father, you know God and you're Christian. As much as you yield your heart and your mind and your body to God you'll become Christ-like. And the only way that you can become sinless is to let a sinless God live in and through you. All this doctrine just distracts your mind and your attention away from letting your spirit yield to the Most High. This is a major shift in Christian thought. People have been scared to just go by what they feel. Well, you know, if you're feeling God, it's okay. Right. If you're feeling God in your stomach that's goading you to do something good, it's okay. You don't have to ride herd on God inside you with your mind. You don't have to worry about what he's doing. He's really got it. You just need to go with his Holy Spirit. Will you make mistakes? Everybody does. It's okay. Everybody does the best they can. And as you're learning to yield to God, you get better and better and better at just getting out of the way and let him do his thing. And that's what I find is the most important aspect of being a spirit-led Christian is just getting out of the way. God is fully competent to run his church. God is fully competent to run your life. All you got to do is let him. And this is what it means to have the kingdom of God manifest through you. And getting out of the way is what's key. Because I know a lot of you listening are thinking, well, I'm a Christian. I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've asked him to forgive me of my sins. I'm trying to follow him, but I don't feel him in me. I don't feel like he's in me. God doesn't indwell us in the same way as a demon will possess someone. A demon will possess someone and totally control them so the person doesn't even have a choice. God is not like that because God loves us and honors us and he wants to work through us in the unique ways that he's created each of us. It's like a prism that a light shines through. One shape will create a certain design on a wall when the light shines through it. One shape will create a different design. It's the same light 
it's just manifest in different ways because the prism that it shines through is different. That's how God wants to be with us. If he wanted us to all be the same, he would have created us all the same. We're all different. We're all unique. Everybody's fingerprints are even different. That's what's incredible about what God has done in this creation. So he lives in us and wants to flow through us, but he will only do through us and in us what we allow. If we are yielded to him and we allow him to flow through us, he will. But if we determine that I'm going to control my life, I'm going to make all my choices today, then he'll let us. It's up to us. But yielding to the spirit and getting out of the way has a lot to do with disengaging our natural mind and focusing on the spirit and the presence of God within us. It's being more intuitive with what we sense inside our bodies and in our spirits. And as we do that as believers and pay attention to what is inside of us, we're going to sense the spirit of God. We're going to hear his voice. We're going to feel him moving us. And some of the things that accompany that sense that God is flowing through you is this incredible sense of peace a contentment, a deep-rooted joy, and an abundance of love for yourself, for the people around you, for God. All of those things, the fruits of the Spirit that are talked about in the Bible are what come out of us when the Spirit is allowed to grow. When a tree grows, it produces whatever fruit is part of that tree's DNA. Same with us. When we allow the Spirit to grow in us and manifest through us, the fruits that are going to come out are not going to be the fruit of Christi when the Holy Spirit is what's growing. The fruits that's going to come out are the fruit of the Spirit. So we're going to start seeing those wonderful qualities that God wants us to have that create peace and harmony and love in the world and allow Him to flow in a way that really demonstrates who He is. Those things will come out of us. It's a matter of letting go of our natural-minded thinking, our preconceived notion, letting go of all these concepts of do's and don'ts, and just listening to the Spirit of God and letting Him flow through us and in us. Then we get the beautiful sense of God being in us and feeling His presence in us. And it's so easy for that to overflow to everybody around us. Jesus didn't say, where two or three hundred are gathering in my name, there am I in the midst. He said, where two or three are gathered. Now, to have large gatherings, if you're led to do that, that's okay. But it's not the greater portion of what God is doing on earth today. The greater church, the true church that he's raising up are just individual members connecting to other individual members. And that is the building that God is talking about when he says a building built without hands. This living temple that he's building is a connected network of people all over the world that feel by the Holy Spirit to be specifically joined to another person. And that other person is specifically joined to another person. And that is the building that God is building Mm -hmm. on this earth right now. It's a building made of people. It's a building made of you. And this is why spiritual connection is so important, because right now what you have is a visible church, a church that is manifest in buildings, in congregations, in Wednesday evening Bible studies. And that appears to be the church, but it isn't. It's groups of people that just have, for whatever reason, gotten together. You know, a lot of times just because you live next to the church, you go to it. Right. It's not that God is specifically calling you there. It's a matter of convenience, not of being spirit-led. The church I'm talking about is a church that is joined by the bonds of love, and they are fitly joined together as God sees fit. And this is the church that really matters in the end time, because this is the church that will stand up and be a man-child and deal a death blow to the dragon. We want to be this church, because that church is caught up to God and to his throne. If you want to be raptured, you want to be part of the invisible church that God is forming right now. That invisible church is the Bride of Christ. It is the church of Philadelphia, of brotherly love, 
that has not denied him and is filled with love one and for another. That's the fulfillment of John 17. And God wants you to be part of that. When you get all done with all this talking we're doing, it all comes down to you. The person who's listening to me right now, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. How is this going to change your life? How are you going to allow God to come into your heart and your mind and your body and rearrange you according to his kingdom, according to his desire? What are you willing to do to become like Jesus Christ? That's what all this is about. We're not trying to build a tabernacle denomination. No, we're as the friend of the bridegroom who's trying to get the bride to come to the door so that she can go through and be with the bridegroom. We want you to go and make him happy. And we're going to stand outside the door as you do. That's right. And this is our function. We don't want to build a church. We don't want to have territories. We don't want synods. We don't want anything. We want you to know Jesus Christ for your personal Savior and to allow him to live his life through you so that the kingdom of God can be manifest on earth as it is in heaven. That's right. This is what God is calling to you. And this is why you're listening to this, because you have a hunger and a thirst in your heart, your spirit, and your mind to know God in all his fullness. And this is why this type of podcast draws you. And so I want to encourage you today that it's in the things that you do in response to his spirit that mm -hmm. you become like Christ, that the kingdom of God is born inside of you and manifests through you. The kingdom of God is in the hearts of men, so therefore it's in your heart. When you go out today, you look for opportunities and say, God, do you want me to do this? Or if he says something to you, you just do it. You manifest his kingdom. Let him walk the earth with you today. Yeah. Let him go out and touch somebody. Let him go out and give something to somebody that they need. Whether it be a word of encouragement, a sandwich, or a hug. Let Jesus do it. And you will feel how proud your father is that you've done that. Because he was able to hug that person that really, really needed it. And you'll feel the joy of your salvation. I guarantee it. Yeah, that's right. Jesus said, people look and say, the kingdom of God is over there, let's go. Or the kingdom of God is over there, let's go. And he said, no, the kingdom of God is within you. And we tend to be like that even as Christians. Oh, there's a great move of God over here. We should be in that city. There's a great move of God over here. We should be in that city. But God is within each of us. And the majority of the true ministry that's going on and people truly coming to know Jesus is happening outside the walls of the church. Coming together in fellowship is a good thing if you can come together and you're encouraged to connect to God and take that connection into your daily life. God doesn't expect you to just be a part of what he is doing on Wednesdays and Sundays. That's, if anything, to build you up and encourage you. And then what we do with God and allow God to do through us the rest of the week is what's important. And you never know how it's going to manifest. We can't tell you what God wants you to do on a daily basis to manifest his spirit to others. It could be something that's right in your living room. It could be something next door to you. It could be something across the world. You don't know until you listen to the Spirit. There's no prescribed way that God is going to move. It's what He speaks to you. That's why it's so important that each of us learns to hear God for ourselves so we can know what He wants us to do. About a year and a half ago, I felt prompted to get onto a Facebook group that was about spirituality but not Christian. And normally I wouldn't do that because it's not really much of a point to me, but I did it. I engaged with a few people on there, but there was one woman on there that I connected to and could feel a strong connection with her. Turns out she lives in Amman, Jordan. And so I began talking with her over video and over the phone and, and WhatsApp. And she was definitely searching spiritually, but she was not a Christian. 
And Michael and I actually both ministered to her quite a bit, and we just felt God's love for her, and we manifested God's love for her, and we told her what we believed, but we never forced her into anything. We never shoved the gospel down her throat. We just felt this incredible love from God for her, and we loved her. And after a few months of ministering to her, she gave her heart to the Lord. And she told us that the reason that she did is because she could really feel God's love in us. She could tell that God loved her because of how we showed her that we loved her, and we were saying it was coming from God. Well, when she gave her heart to the Lord, I assumed, you know, being in Amman, Jordan, which is a Muslim nation, maybe she never heard the gospel. I found out later that she had heard the gospel many, many, many times. There have been many people that had ministered to her and tried to have her get saved, but she said everything was a very external thing, and she didn't want to have anything to do with it. It didn't seem real. But what seemed real to her was the love that we were showing her as God loved her through us. She gave her heart to the Lord. Shortly after that, her mother was getting ready to pass away. She was able to minister to her mother. Her and some other Christians were able to bring her mother to the Lord before she died. Now she's in a place where she's interacting with other people around her. She lives in a little apartment in this huge city. She doesn't drive. She doesn't get to interact with very many people, but God placed a little representation of himself right there in that city. And now she is blossoming as she allows the Holy Spirit to flow through her. She can reach people and he speaks through her. He speaks through her to me very often. It's a beautiful thing. It's not anything that I could have prescribed. It's not anything that I would have known. I just felt the prompting to join this Facebook group, and so I did. I had no idea what was going to come out of it. But now there's a Christian in Amman, Jordan, who is doing the will of God as she allows God to flow through her. That's how God will work. That's why we need to be so sensitive to the Spirit of God within us, because there's a lot of legalistic things that will keep people from doing what God wants them to do. You know, in my previous experience as a Christian, I wouldn't have even touched that Facebook group because it was not Christian, and so I would stay away from it. But how are we going to find the unsaved if we don't spend some time where the unsaved are? That's how Jesus was. You know, the Pharisees, even his disciples said, you can't go here, you can't go here, you can't go here. Jesus said, it's the sick that need the doctor. So he would go into the house of the tax collector and have dinner with them, and his disciples would have to wait outside because they couldn't dirty themselves by going in there. We have to go where God leads us to go, where the people are ready to receive him. And the only way you can know that is by hearing the voice of God for yourself and do what he wants you to do. The kingdom of God will flow through you to another individual, and it's one-on-one or two-on-two connections that God will use to just flourish his kingdom on this earth. A stunning truth is that God does not see denominations. In fact, God does not even see false religions. All God sees is people. Now, people in various difficulties, people with various mindsets, but they're just people in need of connection with God. Oftentimes, the only way that you can find a way into their hearts is through the love of God. If you go directly at a Muslim believer and you tell them that Allah is not called Allah, and you say Muhammad is not a prophet, they'll just immediately shut you off. In fact, they're taught, wrote answers to give you. But they have no defense against love. Mm -hmm. And they have no defense when that love is given to them at a time they really need it. And this is how God ministers in difficult places. What we do is become a manifestation of Jesus who felt totally comfortable going into a tax collector's house and having dinner. And We should feel totally comfortable going anywhere with anybody that God leads us to and having dinner. It doesn't matter if they're Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Buddhist, or an atheist. We don't have to go in with this 
responsibility that we got to save their souls right then. Your only responsibility is to manifest Jesus to them and let him take over. Let, let him, him do it. Yeah. He might just love them. He might not say anything about the gospel right then because the harvest is not then. It's the planting of the seed that's important. Or maybe you're watering a seed that somebody else planted years ago. You don't know, but Jesus does. And so if you let him do his will in the way he does it, then you'll be part of that chain that ultimately leads to their salvation. And the great thing about tabernacles is that we don't have to be worried about the outcome. We don't reap. We sow. We are the ones that till the ground. We are the ones that help take out the weeds. We tend, but we are not the one that harvests. And so we don't have to worry about that. Jesus is going to separate the tares from the wheat at the final judgment. Our responsibility is just to be sensitive to Holy Spirit and be a vessel, a mouthpiece, a representation of his love to those around us. And then in that way, we can manifest his kingdom. And we can be effective and his kingdom can grow. A lot of people aren't really anti-God. They're anti-religion. Exactly. That's very true. You know, the concept of Jesus Christ sounds pretty cool to them. But Jesus Christ in a church doesn't. Because they don't feel connected to God when they go in there. Mm -hmm. But if they connect with God through another person, an individual that Jesus can speak through and that can touch them and that can listen to them, then they say, wow. That's something I haven't seen in a while. And they'll take it seriously. I am just amazed at how when you let Jesus be Jesus, he absolutely knows what's needed at the time it's needed. And if you'll be there and fulfill that, in that moment, you'll be promoting his kingdom. That's right. It's a moment-by-moment thing, like you said. It's not something that you can lay out a plan. When I met my friend in Jordan, I didn't have a preconceived notion about what this relationship was supposed to be or how I was supposed to minister. I just felt a connection with her. I felt a love for her, and I wanted to communicate with her. And we didn't talk about God all the time. We just talked about life. We just got to know each other. And as I just moved on what the Spirit was doing through me, which was to love her and connect with her, he did what he needed to do in her life. So we don't necessarily have a plan that we'll walk up to someone, okay, here's what I need to say, and hopefully they'll say this. It's just following the Spirit of God and loving people. I like that point that you made, that if you try to connect with someone on a religious basis, most people are going to reject that. But when you connect with them through love, they're going to see something that they've never seen before. The majority of the world has heard about Christianity, and the majority of the world has seen some really bad examples of Jesus in the way that the church has done things. Not always. Sometimes the church does things right. But what the world needs to see is the God of love, who is the God that we serve, who loved so much that he gave his son. So many religions teach people they need to sacrifice themselves for their God. Whereas Christianity, the true God, tells us that he sacrificed himself for us because it's that kind of love that he just wants us to be with him so much that he would do whatever he needed to do to be able to make that way open. We need to have that same attitude toward the world. God loves them so much that he wants to do whatever he has to to break down all the barriers to bring them into his kingdom. And if we lead with that love, if everything is motivated by that love, not only are the other people seeing the kingdom of God in the reality of what it is, but we experience that too. Because when we allow ourselves to be a vessel of that love, we feel that love. We experience that. And we're blessed. We're filled with joy and peace. They're blessed. And God is pleased because his love is being manifest between two people. 
The reason that there's an end-time move of the Holy Spirit is that Jesus shows up again. But the way he shows up again is in the hearts of those that believe him. He's fully manifest through our hearts, which, because it's in our heart, manifests through our actions, through our words, through how we look, where we're at. Jesus walks the earth again through us. We are the body of Christ. That's why we're called that. We do things. The head commands we carry out that mm-hmm. command, mm-hmm. and God accomplishes miracles in the earth. And you are called to be part of this bride company of people, these people that are perfected in their hearts, and therefore their actions are without sin. And he is calling you to be part of this. Now, you may be in Timbuktu. I don't know where you are in the world. I look at where this podcast go, and it's every country in the yeah, world. All over the world, yeah. And You may be in a situation that I don't understand, I don't know anything about. You'd face your own set of challenges. Maybe people don't understand you. But see, the great thing is that I don't have to, because Jesus does. Jesus is right there in you right now, waiting for you to say yes. One of the greatest lies that the devil tries to get us to believe is that we don't have what we need to accomplish the will of God. But the truth is, if you can speak, or if you can just have a look of love on your face, you have everything you need to affect another individual. And this is the kingdom of God being shown, being formed in you. And others are looking at this and say, you know, that's something I'd like to know more about. Mm-hmm. We don't have to have riches. We don't have to have buildings. We don't have to have all these things. In our generation, God has moved the center of his church from buildings and from denominations and from doctrine. He's moved them to a personal relationship with him to where individuals hear his voice and do his will at the time he says to do it. The church and its doctrine is really so last century that it is not relevant anymore. And I know that stings, and I know that's hard to accept. But if you want to become great in the kingdom of God, You will accept when God moves. I remember when I was visiting Israel, we went to go visit the place where they believe the tabernacle at Shiloh was. We walked up there and stood within the markers of where they said it was. And when we were on our way, I was anticipating feeling some great presence of God there because, wow, this was where he was. His glory came down in this very location. And I stood there and I imagined the glory of God being there. And I looked around and felt nothing because God left there. At one time, that was a wonderful, wonderful thing where the presence of God was powerful. But when God moves, God moves. And where God is moving to right now is in the hearts of men. It's no longer a thing where we go and give ourselves to God by paying our tithe and being there Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We give our entire lives to God. Whether we go to church on Sunday or not really has no bearing if we're listening to the voice of God. The Holy Spirit flows through us every moment of every day. That's where God is. And if you really want to meet with Him and experience Him, and you're a believer, the Spirit of God is in you, the Kingdom of God is in you, and you will be able to connect to Him there and then be a vessel where you can stand in the background and let God flow through you And use your unique skills, your unique personality, your unique strengths, and even your unique weaknesses to manifest himself to everyone around you. Exactly. And in the end, manifesting God is what we were created to do. Mm -hmm. We were made in his image and likeness. Why? Well, so the world could see him. Exactly. And see him in a unique way. God can manifest and will manifest through you in a way that he can't or won't manifest through me. Mm -hmm. It takes 
an entire world to begin to show the glory of God. Yeah. And you're part of that manifestation of his kingdom on earth. His kingdom is with you. You know, if you want to do something this week to put this into practice, you can ask God, who do you want me to connect with? And then just be open to connect with somebody. It'll be a spiritual feeling in your gut or your heart. You know, you'll be drawn to somebody. You may not even know what you'll say to them when you get there. But God will put words in your mouth. And if you have the audacity just to say anything he says, you'll be amazed. There was this pastor who came to a great big man. He was really angry in a phone booth. You know, he looked like a big football player and just red-faced angry, shouting on the phone, you know. And the pastor needed to make a phone call, so he waited there. This guy went on and on and on and just steam coming out of his ears. And when the guy hung up, he turned around and he looked at him says, what do you want? And he just blurted out his mouth, you're fearful. And the guy looked at him and just broke down into tears. Oh, wow. He says, you're right. I am fearful. My wife wants to leave me and I don't know what to do about it. Now talk about a manifestation of God. I mean, that is the word that big man needed to hear. And he needed to break through his fear so that he would have a possibility of maybe getting back with his wife. Yeah pastor says, I thought I was going to be beat. No you know? kidding. Yeah. That's a manifestation of the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. You know, that is real ministry at a time when somebody really needs it. Mm-hmm. And right now there's somebody in your life that you know in your heart that you should talk to, that you know that could probably use the word of God. Or maybe God's just bringing somebody into your mind right now really strong that he says, you know, you need to get with this person. And if that's happening, then what you need to do is you need to get with that person exactly when God wants you to get with them. He wants you to be there at a certain time to get a certain hug or a certain word or a certain encouragement or maybe even bring him a hamburger. You never know. It's whatever God wants. It doesn't matter. You're a manifestation of him to that person And that is the kingdom of God being formed in the hearts of men as you are allowing him to minister to that other person. And it doesn't have to be 50 people. One is good enough. Because if we all just do one, you have a thousand people doing one person, a thousand people get ministered to specifically Mm -hmm. in a very real way. In a way that they need at that moment. And if those thousand people will go and do another thousand people, Pretty soon you have 10,000, 100,000 people that have been ministered to by the Spirit of God in a very, very specific way Mm -hmm. that actually moves them forward towards Him. It's hard for a person who has been in religion to grasp this. Yeah, it really is. You know, I fight with this all the time. (laughs) And I know it because God tells it to me, and I still have trouble getting my mind around it. Individual ministry is worth 50 sermons. Think about that. A person can sit in church and have another person speak in general to them for 50 sermons, what you can do in an hour of actual spirit-led ministry. Mm -hmm. If you want to be effective, if you want to change somebody's life, be spirit-led. Have the guts to say exactly what God wants you to say, even though you think you're going to get slapped. And watch God do a miracle. Watch God change a life. Watch Jesus illuminate their eyes 
with the truth that they've needed to know for years. This is what God is calling you to do. You are part of the body of Christ, and the ministry is yours now. The until has come. You are maturing in the fullness and stature of Christ in that perfect man of Ephesians. And it's time for you to go out and do the works of your Father, to be a manifestation of his will on earth, and to change people's lives through his actions in your hands, through his words in your mouth, through the look in your eye, through the thing that you do for them. This is your calling, and this doesn't require anything else but what you already have. You already have everything you need to accomplish the will of God today. That's right, and that's all God is asking, is that you will yield to him so that he can accomplish his will through you today. It might look big to you, it might look small to you, it might look insignificant to you, it might look overwhelming to you, it doesn't matter. When you're hearing the voice of God and you obey what he says, he gets to do what he wants to do through you, and you will be blessed. Amen. Well, thank you for being here at End of God's Love Club. We appreciate your presence. You've done so well in listening to all this, and we pray in the name of Jesus that you'll take that which is good and hold fast in your heart Mm -hmm. and actually put it into practice. You know, one little thing that we say put into practice is better than hearing 50 of our messages because these things are very concentrated. And if you start learning how to hear God and do his will right now, you'll grow in Jesus. And that's what we want to have happen. Mm -hmm. That's what we believe will please our father the most. But first... Here's a word from our sponsor. Christ Church of the Superficial. You gotta see us pray. Christ Church of the Superficial. Come be a member today. And now, coming to you live from that cathedral built for ten, the righteous reverend. Hi, how are you? I was walking along the street the other day. And a person came up to me and said, you know, I see your robes, I see how you walk, and I have this idea that you are really a man of God. And I said, how astute of you. You're true. And he said, I wonder, righteous reverend, what can I do to be like you? And I says, well, let's not go that far that quickly. So hi, hi, Colin. I think you should start small. I would recommend socks first. Now, I wear only woolen socks of the finest, finest design. So what you do is you get the socks, you start with the socks. Then I would go to the underpants. You know, build from the inside out. And finally, when you get to the point where you're feeling really righteous, you can wear robes like I do. I do not recommend that right now because you'll feel righteous, but you won't be righteous. Amen. This has been a righteous moment with the righteous reverend. Be blessed. This is Michael and Christy. You have a really great week and have a blessed seven days. We'll see you next time on God's Mm. Love Club. Bye-bye. Bye. Gloria, where are my socks?